Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and trending. I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. This is March the 30th, Tuesday at 9.20 p.m. And thank you for joining me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. I hope everybody so far, you know, the start of your week, I know it's only Tuesday. Um, it's the start of my week. This week, I'm only going to be working to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, off Good Friday, off on the Monday. Now, you know, generally, um, I have my Monday morning shows, Coffee With You. But I was feeling down. I knew something was amiss because of our numbers of COVID-19 were on the rise. Not just here in the city, but across the province of Ontario. I knew there was going to be some changes coming and I could feel it, but I didn't think it was going to happen as fast as it did. And so many other people out there thought maybe they'll wait a little bit longer, but not in this case, as I get into these stories about what's happening here in the city of London where I reside. Now I think that music there is fitting on the way people are feeling. It's not a happy tune. It's a sad tune. Now, I was out here, you know, before Monday and uh, on my shows, you know, I was talking about that London, Ontario here could potentially be moving into the red restrict. Now, we talked about these color codes on my episodes before and what they mean and what they're for. Now, our... London Middlesex medical officer had talked about potentially the city of London could move into the red restrict. Talked about this before the weekend, talked about it on the weekend. So what happened yesterday and for good reason here the city of london ontario canada has moved from the orange control 
to the red restrict. And this has been after weeks in the orange level of Ontario's COVID-19 response framework for the region. Region is poised to revert back to the red. And with added restrictions, our local case counts have been going upward. It's not the direction that we want to see this be happening. With an explosion of new infections reported in the last week out of 780 COVID-19 cases in the Middlesex London so far in March, there were 339 just last week. Now the decision about which color zone a public health unit is in isn't made locally, but rather by the province. The Health Minister of Ontario. And based on the the indicators and the thresholds for London to move to the red zone, the weekly incident rate has to exceed 40 cases per 100,000 people. And a positively rate of 2.5% or more. Now, according to the data, the region's incident rate rose to 40 on Saturday with a positivity rate of 5.9% for cases tested over the last week. And this is why I started talking about this. The reality is And this seems to be the long-standing truth of COVID is that the more people and the more time we spend with other people, the higher the probability of the transmission. Now that means that we spend more time with other people and going into other people's homes. This is what happens. The other variable that may be playing a part of all of this, of course, is the impact of the variants. Now, the health unit started reporting the numbers of variants of concerns in the region on March the 4th. There have been six confirmed to have originated from the United K along with 132 additional cases screened. Now, it's the province that is to consider additional factors in restriction levels. And other considerations are the local health system capacity and the public health system capacity for case management. So when the hospital's emergency starts to fill up and they're then admitted and the ICU starts to fill up, this is going beyond the case management. And the London Health Science Center here is reporting 16 patients with COVID-19 in local hospitals, including five or fewer in intensive care. There are also five or fewer staff who have been tested positive for the virus. 
Now, as of March 25th, the critical care occupancy at the University Hospital was at a 90% and a 64.5% at Victoria Hospital. Now, health officials also considered outbreaks in the, in the community is determining what level of restrictions to place on the health jurisdiction. There are, there are currently three outbreaks at senior facilities, an outbreak in, at an elementary school, two outbreaks at, a child, at the child care centers, and three outbreaks at residence at the University of Western Ontario. That was around the 25th of March. Now, What does this mean for the city of London, Ontario? Now, with the outbreaks here in the city, yes, it's a community spread. Now, we had the outbreak of the COVID-19 with the university students. In around the time, I think it was about the 15th, 16th of March, 21 students tested positive. This was partying off campus. And it in, resulted in 21 cases at the time, but within just a few days, it jumped over 50 people, over 50 students. Now, here we are on the 30th of March. This is the fifth outbreak associated with the Western University here in the city of London, London declared in under a week. That doesn't make me happy and that doesn't make a lot of people happy. It doesn't make the citizens of London very happy. You know, I've lived here my entire life. This is my freaking city. You come here, I don't care if you come here from overseas. I don't care if you come here from other regions. You come here and you respect this city, you respect its citizens, and you do as you're told. Now the Middlesex London Health Unit has declared two more outbreaks at the Western University of the school's Elgin Hall residence and a separate staff outbreak. Another seven students at the Elgin Hall have reported tested positive for COVID-19. Now this person here is the Western's Director of Health and Safety 
says the number of staff involved in the other outbreaks is not yet known and they're monitoring that situation. We haven't been doing any monitoring at all at the university. It's not the first time we've had outbreaks at the university because of the careless and the recklessness of its students. And the faculty at the university just don't know how to grow a pair of balls. Now they've had some Western and uh, university employees in a one particular unit that have also recently tested positive. And so the health unit says we're working closely today with them on that monitoring some individuals that are in isolation and receiving support from the university. The Elgin Hall outbreak marks the third declared in our residence since March the 25th. That's only five days ago, ladies and gentlemen, and leaves the university with four active resident outbreaks. The outbreaks are currently active at the Elgin Hall, the Saugeen Maitland Hall, the Ontario Hall, the Essex Hall, where an outbreak was originally declared on March 2nd. And of course, the separate outbreak linked to the gathering of business of business students was also announced on the Monday. The three outbreaks at Soggy Maitland Hall, Ontario Hall, and the gathering of each have more than 10 cases and at least one variant of concern because they just don't listen. Now, a majority of these outbreaks in our community here in the city of London are the ages between the ages of 20 and 25. Somehow in the little pea brains, they think they're immune to this. They don't have to follow the rules. They don't have to follow the laws. Well, we'll get to the story. What has just happened shortly? And also that these post-secondary outbreaks, they're not the only ones driving up the, the majority of the rise in the cases in the region. There are transmissions throughout the community and that's right. In the schools, in your homes, in your place of business. Now they say they have these new on-campus precautions. Well, the other precautions you had were obviously pretty lousy and you didn't enforce them to begin with. Now at the Western University here in the city of London, now, I think now is too late. Now requiring all students on campus to wear a three layer non-medical mask rather than cloth masks in an effort to stem rising case counts. That doesn't even make sense. 
the cloth masks work just as good. They only work if you wear the goddamn things. This individual says he cites the rise in the more easily transmitted variants of concern as one of the reasons for the change. Hell, give them N95 masks. I don't give a shit. You know, they're not going to probably flip them wear them anyways. Bull crap on these masks. Wear the damn thing. I don't care what kind it is, wear it. So these masks will be provided to the university students and the residents with distribution starting on Tuesday. Other students can request them through their, their faculty or unit. Now it goes for the employees because some now employees have gotten affected. Employees working with this within six feet of each other must also wear a face shield as an added protective measure. And they weren't doing this before. That's alarming. In the campus residence in all common areas, including floor lounges, study rooms, and main lounges have closed. And students must wear face coverings at all times when outside their bedrooms. A little late for that. The occupancy in the Western's laboratory spaces will remain at 30%. Any new field research or research projects requiring face-to-face -face contact with off-campus human participants will undergo further approval. So right now they're not gonna do that. All students are encouraged to follow the COVID-19 safety protocols including masking, distancing, avoiding in-person gatherings, and washing hands. Wow. As if though they weren't doing this before. They all have to do this now. They must now all follow the COVID-19 safety protocols. including masking, distancing, avoiding in-person gatherings, and washing your hands. Unflippin' believable. You know, I guess it looked like it was just a recipe for disaster at the University of Western Ontario, because they guess it doesn't sound like they were doing any of this. Now that these are new on-campus precautions. Well, they weren't doing this before. What made them so special that they didn't have to do this before? And now this is new on-campus precautions. I'm just beside myself totally beside myself. I'm sitting beside myself. I can see myself beside myself. 
Now, with the results of all these outbreaks in our, in our community, for those out there who are not following the rules and breaking the rules and getting infected with COVID-19, including the, the Western University students, and now they have new campus procedures. Unbelievable. So, like I said yesterday, just kind of feeling gloomy and feeling down, kind of feeling something was amiss. Well, lo and behold, when they were talking about London, Ontario could potentially be a move back into the red. This came without warning. Monday afternoon, the province announced that the City of London at 12.01 a.m. Tuesday morning that the city will move to the red. Mm -hmm. The Ontario government is hitting the emergency brakes and he moved the Middlesex London back into the red control zone on Tuesday. I call it the red restrict because it's more restrictive than the orange. And like I said, the changes took effect at 12.01 a.m. this morning. And the chief medical officer of Ontario says that Based on the current situation in the Middlesex London area, it was decided that stronger public health measures were urgently needed to help ensure the continued health and safety of the people in the region. Well, it seems to me that bringing just new rules into the university, they actually just didn't give a shit at the university. Neither did the students, obviously. bringing the case count just with the university students over 70. Thank you for joining, joining me. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I can give you a little recap here. Now, if you listened to my shows before, um, I, I did talk about um, with the case counts on a rise here, not just in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, but all across the province of Ontario. And our health medical officer, just, you know, before the weekend, was talking potentially the city could move from the orange restrict to the red control. Now, these color zones how the province is doing this. You can look up the Ontario Reopening Act, um, the color codes, and you can find out what each and every one of them mean. Going from orange to red is bad. Going from red to gray lockdown would be horrific because we haven't been out of, out of a lockdown that long, a month. Now we're going in the wrong direction. So yesterday, I generally do my morning show, my morning coffee show with you. And 
you know, I was just kind of feeling down. I was really feeling gloomy. The numbers weren't looking good. And I was thinking to myself, you know, something is going to change drastically and it's going to happen. And it's going to be without warning. So it was announced yesterday that at 12.01 a.m. Tuesday morning that the city of London will be moved back into the red control. Now, according to the provinces, between March 22nd and the 28th, the region's case rate increased by 86.9% to 64.4 cases per 100,000 people. We were down 40% to 100,000 people and a little under that. This is why, you know, they start to loosen some restrictions. And our London mayor says if anyone had a lingering doubt, I think it's painfully obvious we're now clearly in the midst of the third wave. Let's start acting now so we can spare ourselves and loved ones the types of outcomes none of us want to see. It's not the first time that the mayor of the city of London has said that. Now, it's almost like, you know, when the government talks about, oh, you know, we could potentially get to move you back into the red or the gray lockdown, you know, if you don't behave yourself. It's like telling a child, if you don't behave yourself, we're gonna send you to your room but you don't act on it. And then the child acts up again. You can say, I'm going to send you to your room. And you don't act on it. Finally, the third time when you get to say, you're going to act up, I'm going to send you to your room. The child acts up and the child goes to the room. So we acted up enough that we have been moved into the red control. And we're gonna get what that means. And the details on what restrictions will be in place under the red zone. Now, they did make some changes, you know, and kind of worked around and, and did some changes with, with, the, with, the, uh, with, the, with the framework about what it is, right? So I don't know why this jumped all the way down to the bottom. That is just hilarious. I'll get this right up to the top here because that's just annoying. Now, which one is this one here? Oh, no, 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 no. Here we go. Here we go. Here is what the red control means. 
Limits for all organized public events and social gatherings where physical distancing can be maintained. Five people indoors. 25 people outdoors. Now, we were, we were up to 10 people indoors. Now we've been scaled back to five. The limits for religion services, writs, or ceremonies, including wedding services and funeral service where physical distancing can be maintained, applies in any venue other than a private dwelling at 30% capacity or 100 people outdoors. Restaurants, bars, and other food and drink establishments, and that means your McDonald's, your Wendy's, your Burger King, your whatever, right? The capacity limits indoor, the lesser of approximately 50% of indoor dining area or 50 people. The orange... Restrict was a hundred. Outdoors limited to allow physical distancing of two meters to be maintained. Indoor and outdoor dining, takeout, drive-through and delivery is permitted, including alcohol, no buffet style services. Lineups and patrons congregating outside the venues managed by the venue, two meters distance and face coverings required. So that means for all you young people out there who like to gather around the establishment's doors and standing in groups and not wearing your mask and not social distancing, and how do I know that? Well, I'll tell you how I know that because this Saturday that just passed and um, the weekend before, it was only my second time out since we came out of the lockdown just after Christmas. To be able to go downtown and sit in an establishment, have a couple beers, watch the big screen, watch a game, have some food. So when I go downtown, I see the people who are not standing in a single file. They're all crowded around together. Some were more were wearing masks. I'm not saying they all weren't, but some were not social distancing. So now the venue has to make sure that you have to line up like good little boys and girls. Just like you did when you're a little kid, when the recess bell rang, you lined up to go outside. And when the bell rang to come in, you lined up and you went in single file. I mean, how soon do we forget? And to keep the two meters distance in the face 
coverings required while you're standing outside in line in single file, six feet apart. And all signs posted by the establishment in a location visible to the public that states the maximum capacity number of patrons they are permitted to operate under. 50 people. So don't show up at 8.45 because last call is at 9 and stand around without social distancing and without wearing a mask thinking that you're going to get in there for last call because you're not. I don't know how many times I've seen this and a couple of times that I've gone out. Restaurants, bars are taking reservations. We don't have a reservation. Good luck. Move on, go home. People would come into the establishment hoping that they would get a table. And we see them coming in, group of five, group, group of five or six. Don't have a reservation. No, there are some, there are some tables empty that would take five people but those tables were reserved. And they're kind of look dumbfounded on their faces when they're looking over and see these empty tables and they're being told they don't have any seating for them. They are reserved already. Now we've been doing this in the orange already. Screening of the patrons is required in accordance with the, with the instructions issued on the Office of the Chief Medical Officers of Health is required persons to be seated two, two meters minimum or an imperable barrier required between tables. For indoor dining, patrons may only be seated with members of the same household with limit exceptions for caregivers and people who live alone. So if you have, say you're gonna go out with your, with uh, a couple of your brothers and you knew you had a brother who lived by himself, you know, he could come along if you like him and you want him to come along. Require contact information for all seated customers so when you walk into the establishment you know you you have made a reservation you have to give them your name and your telephone number so they don't do this in the big walmarts they don't do this in the big box stores which they should but they don't They should be doing all kinds of screening for every single employee, whatever type of job that you are doing, whether it's manufacturing or whatever the case, but they don't. Now for indoor dining, the patrons may only be seated, like I said, with a member of their same household or the limit exceptions for the caregivers or people who live alone. Face coverings are required except 
when eating or drinking only. It's kind of hard to eat and drink through your mask, right? You know, you wouldn't be, you know, maybe the drink would probably absorb through, but the food isn't going to. Now, the personnel protective equipment, including eye protection required when is a worker must come within two meters of one another, another person who is not wearing a face covering. So they must have not only their masks on, but a face shield. Your waiter or your waitress. The establishments must close from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. Liquor sold or served only between 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And that was in the orange as well, but you could have more people inside. There's no consumption of liquor permitted between 10 p.m. to 9 a.m. Dancing, singing, and live performances of music is prohibited. Limit volume of music to be low enough that a normal conversation is possible so we're not hollering over one another. And, you know, for those spitty talkers out there, you know, so we can just sit and have a normal conversation and we're not, you know, yelling like we're deaf. Nightclubs and strip clubs only permitted to operate as restaurant and bar. Sorry, gentlemen, you won't be see, seeing any naked ladies. And you weren't seeing that in the orange neither. Sports and recreation and fitness facilities. Minimum two meters physical distance at all times. Now, how many times do we hear this every single day? Stay two meters apart. Period. For the first time in our lives, in our generations, we got to stay two meters apart from other human beings. Increase spacing between patrons to three meters in areas where there are weights or exercise equipment in an excessive, in, in like, you know, in the exercise and fitness classes. Capacity limits where physical distancing can be maintained. 10 people indoor areas with weights and exercise machines. 10 people in all indoor classes or 25 people in outdoor classes. No spectators are permitted. However, each person under 18 may be accompanied by a parent or guardian. Team sports must not be practiced or played except for training, no games, or scrimmage hockey. That was shuttered last night for those who go out with their buddies and they rent the ice and they have their, their scrimmage games. That is their last game for who knows how long. Activities that are likely to result in individuals coming within two meters of each other are not permitted. No contact is permitted for team or individual sports. Exemptions for high performance athletes. 
in parasports. Patrons may only be in the facility for 90 minutes, except if engaging in a sport. Limit volume of music to be low enough that normal conversation is possible. Face coverage required, except when you're exercising. Hey, Rocky, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I'm just going over some things here that is going on here in the city of London that um, I did mention on my shows um, that, um, you know, where there are case counts of COVID-19 on, on an increase. Um, here in Ontario, we have been using this color code framework of, you know, opening the economy as safely as we possibly can. And you can check those out on the Ontario Reopening Act. And you'll see, and you can look up the color codes and see which each one of them mean. So from, from, so from green, yellow, orange, red, gray lockdown, and then they include a black stay at home order. So London, Ontario here, we were in the orange framework and, you know, more people, you know, could be indoors and indoor dining of up to a hundred people, uh, movie theaters, every, everybody was open. And just, you know, slowly from, you know, the beginning uh, of March, it just started, you know, creeping up and creeping up and, um, but other areas were still in the in the gray lockdown. Toronto, Mississauga, uh, Brampton, you know, they've been in the lockdown, the gray lockdown since the 23rd of November. And they're still in the gray lockdown. That's what comes after red is the gray lockdown. And we don't want to go there. We really don't. So I'm just going over what these things mean for this, for this red, um, red control. Um, so this little part that I was just mentioning here was the sports and the recreational fitness facilities for 10 people indoors, 10 people in classes, 25 people outdoor classes, no spectators, you know, um, team sports, um, must not uh, be practiced or played except for training, no games or scrimmage. So that means nobody can go and rent ice right now and with your buddies and, and play a game of hockey. Last night um, was the end of that. And for how long? That's going to be re remain to be seen of how, you know, this COVID-19, the numbers keep increasing or we're going to get them back down again. Now, when it comes to the meeting in event spaces, the capacity limit for the venue where physical distancing can be maintained is 10 people indoors, 25 people outdoors. The establishment must close from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. Liquor sold or served only between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. No consumption of liquor permitted between 10 p.m. and 9 a.m. That's just like the bars and restaurants. Face coverings required except when eating or drinking. Same thing with the bars and restaurants. Um, require contact information for all seated patrons. That's the same for bars and restaurants. 
limited four people may be seated together. That's what we were doing in the orange. Only four people at a table. And of course, the limit of, of the music to be low enough that a normal conversation can be possible. And that's the same thing with the bars and restaurants because, hey, you know what? We don't want to be, I mean, if I'm sitting at the table of four people and the music is blaring, you got to really speak loud. You know, you might have a spitty talker at the table. You know, we don't want any of that, right? So that's why the music, you know, just basically has to be so we can have a normal conversation. Now, for when it comes to the retail, the new rate control as of February 21, the, the uh, capacity limit is 75% for supermarkets and other stores that primarily sell groceries, convenience stores, pharmacies. 50% for all other retail, including discount and big box retailers, liquor stores, cannabis stores, hardware stores, and garden centers. Yes, I said cannabis stores. Marijuana is legal here across Canada. It's still illegal to be a, a drug dealer, but you can smoke pot. Stores must have passive screening for patrons for example posting signs outside the storefront about not entering if you have COVID-19 symptoms now some people don't even know they have symptoms and they have COVID that's the the asymptomatic people or asystematic people you know that like they just that's the other problem that you know, the world is facing. We don't know who they are. This does not apply to indoor malls, which are required to actively screen their customers before they enter the mall. Malls can use the patron screening tool to help meet this requirement. So now for the mall that I go to out in, in White Oaks, um, I think they're only allowing, if you're entering the, the parking lot into the, into the mall itself, I think there's only two entrances. Now, if I were to come through Walmart and exit out of Walmart into the mall, they have security there as well doing screening. Curbside pickup and delivery is permitted including for the cannabis stores. Well, you can do curbside pickup with your drug dealer too, right? That's hilarious. Fitting rooms must be limited to non-adjustant stalls. Lineups and patrons um, gathering outside venues managed by the venue, two meters distance required, inside and outside face covering required while in line. Now I mentioned that, if in fact, if you end up in a lineup, I don't care if it's a restaurant, I don't care if it's a bar, this is for retail as well. You line up like good boys and girls, stay six feet apart and wear your mask. And this goes for the same thing because downtown, you know, 
last call is 9 p.m. The bar closes at 10. And you're all standing out there, all gathering around. I, I'm not saying they all weren't wearing masks. But a lot of them weren't. And they weren't social distancing. And the venue wasn't controlling it. Now they have to control it. Or they can just send you on your merry way. Now for the malls, maximum number of patrons permitted to be seated indoors in the mall food court is now 10. Now just on the weekend, it was 100. And that was in the orange restrict. Now it's 10 for the food court. Well, so just close the food court seating, just close it. Do your shopping, pick up some food, and leave. Personal care services, oxygen bars, steam rooms, saunas, bathhouses, and other adult venues are closed. Century uh, deprivation pods closed. Some exceptions. Services require removal of face coverings prohibited. Require contact information from all patrons. Screening of patrons is required in accordance with the with the instructions issued by the Office of the of the Chief Medical Officer of Health. Now the casinos, bingo halls, and gaming establishments. A capacity limit for the venue where physical distancing can be maintained. Only 10 people indoors. Now it's just 100 on the weekend. Now it's only 10. Table games prohibited. Face covers required except when eating or drinking. Liquor sold or served only between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. No consumption of liquor per minute between 10 p.m. and 9 a.m. Cinemas. Well, we just opened up our movie theaters because we were in the orange. They could have well, 50% of their capacity. So the movie theaters, indoor movie theaters, closed the exceptions are for drive-in cinemas so the drive-ins start to open up you can go to the drive-in rehearsal or performing or recording a broadcast event with restrictions which include performers and employees must maintain two meters physical distance except for the purpose of the performance singers and players of brass and wind instruments must be separated from any other performers by plexiglass or other imperable barrier. And the performing arts facilities close to spectators. Rehearsal or performing or recorded a broadcast event permitted with restrictions which include Performers, employees must maintain two meters physical distance, except for the purpose of the performers, like I said. So, 
drive-in performances are drive-in performances are permitted. So that's what's going to be in the in the red. So the next one, you know, we're really not going to like it if it happens. And you know what? I said this was going. I said that this was probably going to happen even before the medical officer here in the city even mentioned it. I didn't like to see the way the numbers were going. And I read the news a lot. Always numbers going up, now numbers coming down. Community outbreaks in the University of Western Ontario here in the city of London, no thanks to them as well, for not following the rules. Over 70 university students have COVID-19 here in the city of London. Off-campus partying, on-campus gatherings. Just on the weekend, just outside of Hamilton, Ontario, the police broke up a party of a hundred or more people, a house party. The cases, the majority of the cases are coming from people between the ages of 20 and 25. I can't make this up. This is the stats, I can't make it up. Now, our Premier of Ontario, I mean, this guy, you know, he, he's, he's been out there every single day since the beginning of this pandemic. Begging and pleading and ultimately giving you the gears because some people just don't want to listen. Now, because of everything that's happening in here in, on, in Ontario, Ford announced today, this afternoon, the Premier of Ontario, he's telling all Ontarians to be prepared for a possible lockdown amid surging wave of the COVID-19 cases. So never mind your red and your greens and your orange and your yellows, all your little rainbow colors. It'll be gray lockdown. with the emergency orders implemented and stay-at-home orders. Just ask Toronto, just ask Mississauga, just ask Brampton what it feels like 
to still be in the gray lockdown since November the 23rd. You ask those business owners, you ask those employees. It's all the non-essential businesses who get slammed here and their employees. And then the schools have to close. And then the kids have to resort to online learning, which has been just nothing but a crock of shit. They ain't learning nothing. So today, the Premier of Ontario is warning all Ontarians to be prepared for another possible COVID-19 lockdown as the government is considering all measures to cope with the surge of the third wave infections. If anybody out there doesn't believe that there's a third wave, you better give your head a shake. He made the comments during a news conference today saying that he's extremely worried about the direction of the province's heading. Now, while you see, when it comes up to reopening frames and how they want to do things, it's not the premier that makes these decisions on, on opening up. It's the top health officials. <coughs> Excuse me. But we didn't, so we did different regions, depending on your case counts and everything, how we're going to do this framework on the reopening, you know, uh, so, you know, some regions will be in the green, some will be in the orange, the yellow, the red, others will be, uh, remain in the gray lockdown. Now... He's extremely concerned with the numbers and the situation that we're in and the numbers are going up. And he says, and he said this before, he says, I won't hesitate to lock things down if we have to. I did it before. And I'll do it again. The, the Ford government has been slammed by the health experts and the politicians for not taking immediate measures and for not rolling back reopening plans to curb the spread of the disease and stop the third wave. Well, we always talked about potential third wave coming with these new variants when they started to enter the country. The top health medical professionals saying that eventually that it's these new variants that are going to be the concern. And they're not wrong. Just last week, the government loosens restrictions in regions, including Toronto and Peel, which are in the gray lockdown zone for the province's reopening framework to allow outdoor fitness classes and they also allowed the patios to open up but no indoor dining they're in the gray lockdown in toronto 
So if they have outdoor fitness classes and they could have their patios open. So, you know, kind of give some relief to the restaurant owners out there. Personal care services are also scheduled to reopen on April 12th, which probably is not going to happen. So all you long haired freaky people, you need to stay inside because you're not getting a haircut. You know, have your better half cut your hair. You know, if she ever thought about taking up being a hairdresser, now's the time. She can practice on you. And if she messes it up, then you can just get the clippers and shave your head. Then you don't have to worry about a haircut for a while. And the premier told the reporters today his decision have been based on the, uh, the advice of the local health experts and Ontario's chief medical officer of health, David Williams. And this is when it comes to the reopening framework and who can open, who can't. This is all done with the medical officers. And then you have health experts and politicians coming down on the Ford government. Does it make any sense to you? Now, far as I'm concerned in watching the numbers, we have never come down under a thousand cases a week. And that's the number you really want to be under. The province of Quebec, which borders Ontario, have been able to do that. But we are the most populated province in all of Canada, Ontario. But we still should have been able to do it. But we've never... I've never seen them come down under a thousand and I've only seen them around maybe 1250. Now we're seeing cases 2,400 or more. 280 cases a day, 300 cases a day. Doesn't sound like an awful lot, but it is. He says, everybody was on the same page. Make no mistake, we have to be cautious and that's why we have the emergency brake available. Just like if you're out of control in your vehicle, you pull the emergency brake. So he's not going to hesitate to do it because he's done it. Now, I felt, like I said before, that potentially, you know, with these numbers going up, I could see it. I could see it happening that this city will go back from the orange into the red. Easter is next weekend. This weekend coming up. Good Friday. Easter Sunday. 
this is now the time and we said this at christmas time too this is not the time to have those big family gatherings keep it simple keep it to the members of the household if you have a family member that lives by themselves you can have that family member over Now, I can see the way things are going that after Easter, I would not be one bit surprised if we, this city, in the entire province, gets moved in the gray lockdown. And I'll be the first one to admit it, but I was wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. And it's going to be really unfortunate for a lot of people. For all those non-essential businesses, their staff, their families. It's not going to to be good. I've said this from time to time on my show that our behaviors need to change. That we really need to listen and we really need to follow the rules. I'm not just speaking to my fellow Canadians. I'm speaking to our neighbors to the South, the United States of America and the rest of the world can only get out of this mess if we all work together. So knock it off with this hogwash BS, all these anti-rallies, all these anti-mask rallies and all you anti-maskers You need to knock it off with the BS. You're not doing anybody any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. Yes, we have vaccines. How lucky is that? That they were able to come up with vaccines as fast as they did. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a slow rollout here in Canada. Yeah, we got shortchanged. But that's changing. Yeah, they made some adjustments, which I don't think they really should have done. But that was that is going to be on another episode. Because, you know, when they did the Pfizer and the Moderna, that it was to be 21 to 30 days after the initial first needle That's what they did their studies on. Not giving one needle, then say you got to wait four months. But that is going to be on another episode, ladies and gentlemen. And there's lots to cover on that one. And that's so I thank you 
for coming out this evening and joining me. And um, well, tomorrow's the 31st. So I'd like to get in um, another evening show and um, between 9 and 9.30 um, p.m. tomorrow night and we'll cover that uh that part that 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 story there on um should the government here in canada be extending the periods longer than what the study was done and would there be any repercussions could there be any legal issues we'll get to that tomorrow evening so for now, ladies and gentlemen, have yourself a rest of your evening. Have a good one. And of course, um, the rest of the week, be safe and take care of yourselves out there and one another. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Good night, everybody, and thank you.